she can't do it thinking eventually I'll like wear him down (laughs) having an FMF threesome. But I think, you know, it does not have to be straight up tit for tat or tits for tat. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Welcome to Two Hot Wives. A podcast where two friends in open marriages explore the exciting world of unconventional sex. Hey hotties, I'm Kat. And I'm Amps, and we're the two hot wives. So we figured for our last bonus episode before we launch season three, we would answer some of your questions. We get a lot of listener questions, (sighs) and we try to answer as many of them as we can. But we're doing all this stuff ourselves. Yeah. <laughs> and it becomes a lot of work. I know it gets a little overwhelming. It can all the be. messages because of all the social media places and emails and Absolutely. more messages are possible. It's, it's coming in from everywhere. Oh yeah. And on top of that, if, y- if you have a question as a listener, probably a lot of other people have the same question. Yeah. I was just going to say that. I think that a lot of the questions are the same and we end up answering them one at a time and it's just. We can answer them all right here. Right. If you ever have a question for us, go ahead and shoot it our way. We'll get to it eventually, or we might feature it on the air in another bonus episode. Um, We just thought this might be a fun way to connect with you guys before we get back to our standard episode format, which will launch, what day is it? First week of April. Is that right? First week of April. Yeah. First week of April. Wednesday. Got shit to do, girl. <laughs> no. Oh my goodness. So, first listener question. Okay, our first question comes from Wade. Are lifestyle takeovers or vacations super femme events? My wife doesn't wear much makeup or skimpy outfits, and the amount of hair and makeup and heels just doesn't feel like it's our vibe. Yeah, that I think that's a fair question, a fair point. There's this tendency for women in the lifestyle to dress super sexy, lots of makeup, heels, you know, skimpy dresses. Mm -hmm. It's not a requirement. And certainly some events are more casual than others, but there are places, where do you think are are like the most femme places that you see? Well, probably like super big parties. You know, we we wear the skimpy dresses and, but I see plenty of women that aren't wearing super high heels that are wearing a a great little black dress and it's not terribly skimpy. Yeah. My advice would be wear something that makes you feel sexy. And if you're in high heels and a ton of makeup and a skimpy dress and it just makes you uncomfortable, that's going to show and you're not going to have a good time. Exactly. So, so where, and I often call myself swinger countercultural because I don't like to get super dressed up. Uh, When we went to uh, our last party, I was wearing boots that were super comfortable and it was you know there's no need to wear a heel that is one of the things that's really great about the theme parties is that you're not really wearing the little black dress with the with the pumps you know you're wearing some kind of costume and very often i'll wear like a like a tennis shoe but it's maybe got a, a cute heel to it it's not super high right 
But uh, we have lots of shoes where we're not, you know, killing ourselves. Sure. Because it goes with the outfit. Sure. Yeah. So, you know, if that's not your vibe, you may want to steer clear of the the big clubbing type events because the not that there's an established dress code, but you'll find that 90% of people are going to be dressed in a certain way. And if it makes you uncomfortable to, to be dressed differently, then that won't be fun for you. Right. Go to a place uh, or an event that is more casual, you know. I would say the vacations are fantastic for anyone who doesn't want to have to really get dolled up, you sure. know, because it's it's out in the sun. It's a, it's at the pool. A lot of women wearing no makeup at all, uh, no jewelry. You know, you're just in a thong or naked. And uh, I think the the pressure there to dress up and be super, super hot, super sexy is not the same. I, I feel like it's there to just chill with people who are like minded. It's great. Sure, but I have uh, I've put makeup on oh, yeah. to go down to the but the that's pool what we're comfortable with. Bliss. Yeah, I I still think you know on some level this is a hobby about attracting other people. Sure, and so you put in more effort to be attractive mm-hmm. and to attract other people because you might want to sleep with them. That's kind of the name of the game. That does not mean you have to wear, you know, a dress that that shows your coochie. You can wear, I, I, I mean, I've gone on dates in long pants and long sleeve shirt, mm-hmm. and, but it looked like sexy to me. It doesn't have to be super skimpy. It can reflect your fashion and your taste, especially the more confident you get. You'd be like, Fuck those cheap Yandy dresses. I'm going to wear what looks good on me. Right. Well, that's kind of what I'm saying. Like, if she's comfortable not wearing makeup and she feels sexy and she feels good like that, that's awesome. Right. I probably, you know, wouldn't feel completely comfortable like that, but that's me. Sure. And I think that the vacations and the the more casual the surroundings, the less that that's a thing. Because I'll say, like, even at the nightclubs, I noticed, like, Women in bare feet, wearing some cute little dress, but it wasn't necessarily. I mean, they're they're skimpy, but they're not like you don't have to show everything. Sure, you can be more modest if you want. Sure. I, I feel like that. That's just a a very easy easy scene to to be whoever you want to be. Well, and the nice thing about the vacations is you can gravitate toward the more casual stuff and just avoid going to. If you're not into the theme parties, if the idea of getting you know, dressed in a theme costume makes you shudder, don't go there. Hang out at the bar and get a drink with friends. Spend all your time at the pool. Like you can go to the more casual things and and um, and avoid the big stuff, you know, the big fancy stuff on yeah. the vacation. So it, it's a it's a great suggestion. Okay. Question number two is from Orpheus Should Know Better. He asks us, are we primarily looking for someone hotter than our husbands to play with? What other factors play a role in getting us engaged, I guess, in play? Mm-hmm. Um, and is it about wanting something you don't have? What do you think of that, Kat? There's no one hotter than our husbands. What? Yeah. It, it's a question that doesn't even really make sense in that, you know, the relationship that you build a, with someone who sh- you share a life with. Really can't be compared. It's apples and oranges. Right, right. I never look at a new play partner in comparison to Mr. Ams. It's totally, totally not different. fair. Yeah. Right. Yeah, because 
Um, so no, it's not about finding someone who's hotter than our husbands. It's about finding someone that, you know, you find it attractive. Well, and that depends on what you think hot is, right? Sure. I mean, hot is more than just like a chiseled body, great abs. We like those things. Those we might nice. talk about those things, but that's not the only thing that we're looking for. Sure. Personality is super important. Uh-huh. Somebody who's engaged and engaging. So we sort of have this this scale, right? Mm-hmm. Tell them about our scale. Yeah. So you need, it's it's like factoring two numbers. You multiply two numbers. There's physical attractiveness and right. there's personality. Neither one can be a zero because then you just, you know, you multiply a million by zero, you still, still zero. end up with zero. Right. So you need that balance. If, it, if somebody is just okay on the looks department, but has a phenomenal personality, they get way more points than someone who's pretty darn hot, but like, you know, no, no personality, personality whatsoever. <laughs> and, you know, women are different for, I don't want to speak for you, Kat, but for me, I need to feel a connection I do with too. someone yeah. that usually takes a couple of meets, sometimes not so much, but, um, you know, it's so the physical attraction will get you in the door, but you better have personality great to, personality get you to go with it. <laughs> I also think um, when you're talking to someone, if they're giving you their attention, yeah. that's really attractive. Yeah. You can always tell if someone's into you or not by whether they're looking at you or trying to look over you at the next person they're going to talk to. Sure. Right? And it might not be that they're not interested. It's just that they're so overwhelmed by everything that's happening that they, they can't seem to keep their attention right in front of them. So to me, someone is very attractive when they're giving me their attention, really looking at me and and having a real conversation. Sure. Absolutely. Yeah. So Orpheus asks, is it about is it, wanting something you don't have? You know, I would say yes and no. Mr. Ams and I started swinging and lifestyle because we wanted to make our marriage more fun. Like mm-hmm. that is absolutely, and it's still the foundation for why we do everything. But I have discovered that one of the the benefits to having multiple play partners is it's a different form of connection. Mm-hmm. It's simpler. It, you know, I will make friends <laughs> with partners who are into things that Mr. Amps just isn't into. So we can talk about different things and we can connect in different ways. And that's Nice. And it's nice to have a physical experience with someone who just does something a little bit different. Right. It's a little variety. Absolutely. And for us to expect our partners to give us absolutely everything that we need all the time. It's not fair to them. It's not. No. And I don't I don't want to have to do that either. Yeah. What is that? It's such an overplayed metaphor. But the idea that that like your your spouse is is the favorite restaurant and you want to go to that <laughs> restaurant. Every day, you you love that restaurant so much, but do you really want to go to the restaurant every Every single day? No. Like sometimes it's nice to try a new restaurant to have that novelty. That's a part of it. Absolutely, that is part of the appeal to to lifestyle, to swinging. At least for me, I I agree. Okay, Ams. This next question is from Jesse. Her and her husband have been married for four years, and they have two small children. Okay, cool. And they're exploring fantasies. Mm -hmm. And so she kind of talked to him about threesomes and he had mixed reaction. He was definitely okay with an FMF, Mm -hmm. which is two females. Right. 
but he was not super thrilled about the idea of another guy. In fact, his words were, I want to see another guy nailing my wife. Okay. That's but a female is, his words, an extra set of boobs. Oh, cool. <laughs> and that guys are just into the fuck experience. Yeah. Yeah. So she's wondering, you know, should she just keep these fantasies in her head? Should she play them out? So she's considering just doing the FMF yeah. threesomes. But she's also reluctant because she's worried about, you know, actually fulfilling a fantasy or should she just keep it in her head? Uh, also, she worries that he's going to like her better, think she's sexier, and the, that she's actually going to think she's sexier than her. The unicorn, the guest the star. The unicorn. Got mm-hmm. it. Yep. Whew, that's a lot. So it let's is. unpack that a little bit. So first of all, exploring your sexual fantasies with your partner is always a good idea. And it never, ever has to go past that. But having a conversation about the things that you enjoy, finding out what they enjoy can be super hot and fun all by itself. It can be a great way to explore role play type Mm -hmm. scenarios where you're just bringing some element of that fantasy into the bedroom without actually bringing another person into the bedroom. Right. And, And for a lot of our listeners, that's where they should probably stay, Mm -hmm. at least for a while. Um, What do you think? I think, you know, being able to share your fantasies with your spouse is really hard at first, maybe, because I don't know about you, Ams, but when I first got married, I really didn't talk to Mr. Cat about a whole lot of my fantasies. You know, it was hard for me to, like, I'd, I'd just wiggle into the right place so he would touch the right areas. And I didn't really talk about fantasies all that much. But as we started to do that... It just opened up everything. I mean, the more he talked to me about things that he liked, the more I felt like I could share with him what I liked. And the communication between us just exploded. I mean, it was was great. Right. And I could see a scenario where you could just talk like that all the time and never, ever go outside of that if you didn't want to, if you didn't feel comfortable with it. Absolutely. So getting into the whether or not to bring a third into the bedroom – what Jesse's describing is a super common yeah. entree into consensual non-monogamy, into unconventional sexual relationships. A couple, specifically a guy, is like, let's have uh-huh. another lady come to the bedroom. I'm good with two girls, but yeah. I don't want to I don't want to mess with another guy. Yeah. I want to see a guy with my wife. And for any fantasy, it should be to if you want to make a fantasy a reality mm-hmm. it needs to be a two yeses one no conversation yeah so- i kind of have mixed feelings about this one because i feel like you know he's all fine with two women but not two men it seems unfair but at the same time you feel how you feel right well and and it may be that's his fantasy mm-hmm. maybe it's also Jesse's fantasy maybe she really likes the idea of a a woman coming into the bedroom if it works for both of them cool right and it doesn't balance is a it's a good point and it's a tricky point because you never want to treat your marriage like an ATM yeah like, it doesn't always work out there's no. not always balance in fact i know lots of couples where she's allowed to play and but he's, he's not sure. because he she's jealous Or it just doesn't work for them. You know, a certain amount of imbalance, I think, can be fine. Mr. Amson, I don't have exactly the same rules for each other um, based on comfort level. Right. But I think if the imbalance is is really 
significant. For example, if Jesse really wants to explore, mm-hmm. a, you know, a, a threesome with another guy, and the only thing that her husband wants to explore is the FMF. She has to be okay with that. She, or, or, or say no. do none of it. Yeah, that's right. She can't do it thinking eventually I'll like wear him down right, <laughs> into right. having an FMF threesome. But I think, you know, it does not have to be straight up tit for tat or tits for tat. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> but if you don't, if if a partner is not getting something beneficial out of consensual non-monogamy, they're going to get super resentful and unhappy and leave and, and not do it right. anymore. Which uh, is also, I, I would think that would be hard too, because once you've crossed that line, how do you uncross it? Just say, I never want to do this anymore. Yeah. It, <laughs> I, I, I'm saying it flippantly. And obviously if, you know, it would be super hard for like us to leave the lifestyle because all of our friends, friends all of our social yeah. life is in the lifestyle. So it's it's not it's not easy once you really dive in. But if it's one experience, right. I think it's pretty easy to say, that didn't work for me. I never want to do this again. That's a good point. If it is an experience that they're doing together, mm-hmm. and in the end, she didn't like it or it just didn't work out, they could probably walk that back pretty easily. Yeah. But, you know, if uh, if she was extremely jealous about the whole thing, it, that could start a whole lot of drama. That's right. You know, though, you can't know until you do it, I guess. I mean, if you think it's going to be okay. It's it's so personal. If you and your partner are in a really good place and you're both enthusiastic about trying something, fuck yes, try it. The worst that can happen is you have a not so great experience and you're like, dude, we should never do that again. It's if one person is super reluctant about it or thinking they're going to get something else out of it or... You know, I think you just have to be really honest about how you feel going in, about the things that you that she said here, you know, about feeling like, you know, she's going to be comparing herself to this woman and so is he. Yeah. That, that's something that she should let him know that she's sure. feeling. And maybe discuss uh, an exit plan. If things don't work out or after the experience... Either one of you is not happy, then we don't do it again. If you establish that ahead of time, it's probably easier to say it afterwards. If you are feeling like this wasn't great, I didn't, I didn't like this. Yeah, yeah, uh, yes. Any insecurities that you have, talking through those ahead of time is smart. And I do think at the beginning it's challenging. You find a. a that you're comparing yourself to other women in a play experience. I don't know about you, but the more I do it, the more confident I feel yes. about myself. Absolutely. And I can just look at the other woman and find them to be so beautiful in their own way. Yep. I, there's an evolution there, but we're kind of um, conditioned to want to be the most beautiful woman in the room. Like that's at least to our husbands. Sure. At least to our one, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes after an experience, I really want sort of like people call it reconnection sex or like fiercely monogamous sex where, you know, <laughs> we're looking in each other's eyes and like love making and seeing how amazing the other person is. Sometimes you need that coming out of a play experience. And that's so different from the experience of, you know, sex at a party or sure. sex with another couple. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
This is fun play. We call it play. Yep. The other is intense mm-hmm. and incredible. Yes. Different. Oh, that's Way right. different. That's right. Um, so, yeah, I guess my advice to, to Jesse is talk, 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 and decide if this is something you can be enthusiastic about by itself without whether or not you ever get to have an MFM right. or a different experience. And talk about the things that you would enjoy. Find, see if there's overlap yeah, I was thinking in the very beginning when when uh, Mr. Cat and I would have a play experience, whatever it was, we talked about like our expectations too. Mm-hmm. Like I would tell him what I needed from him, right? So she should say, I need to make sure that you are paying attention to me too. Mm-hmm. You know, if mm-hmm. it's this FMF and you're worried about feeling insecure, let him know that he needs to make sure he gives you equal attention. Right. That's right. It, you have to approach all of these with love and respect for your partner. And uh, sometimes they need a little more support. So if you want to if you want to play in this pool, you need to be you need to be a good partner to your spouse always. They always need to come first. Right. Okay. The next question comes from Cowboy and Muffin. What is the most difficult part about being intimate with such a close friend? That's interesting. Do they mean you and me? I think they, I think they mean yeah, you and I. Hmm. I don't know. <laughs> I, well, I don't the, think it's been super difficult, but maybe, um, you know, maybe ironing out what we are to each other in the beginning, because in the lifestyle, so many women are are bi, and that's right. awesome. And I find that I'm not super bi, but I'm curious. Sure. And so I think in the beginning when we first were getting to know each other, I don't know that we knew where each other stood on that on that scale, you mm-hmm. know? And so we sort of explored that a little bit, but I think we realized that neither one of us was super into that. Right. We really <laughs> just liked each other's husbands. Right, right, right. And so um, I, I consider Mr. Ams my friend. Yeah. You know, and I, I don't think it's difficult being intimate with him. It makes it actually kind of fun. I'll tell you the difficult part actually, mm. is uh, when we're in a vanilla situation and and he, you know, might slip by me and I grab his ass or right, something. Right, I'm right. like, oh, were the kids around? I didn't want anybody to see that. So that's probably the most difficult part right. for me. Well, and, and bear in mind, we met on a lifestyle date. Right. So the intimacy actually came before, before the friendship. The friendship. Yep. Um, and the friendship has evolved into so much more than I think anybody was looking for when right. we went on that first date it's a, i think it's probably impacted the play to some extent you and i really don't play anymore and i think part of that is it feels like our relationship has evolved into something more like sisters right yeah and and that's like we both have sisters and like that wouldn't, <laughs> that's weird it's weird <laughs> and so it just it just kind of naturally evolved over time it it probably it impacts the play that we have with each other's husbands, because there's a closeness there and we don't really share with a lot of other people. Yeah, and I think that it makes it pretty incredible. It I makes mean, it better. It's really- For I, me. It's better for me too. The yeah. more I'm with someone, the more I like it. Right. And I think that it's better for them too, like the guy that I'm with. Mm-hmm. When he's been with me more than once, he, he's got his game on. He knows how to push your butt. He knows what to do. And I yeah. think he has a better time too because it's got to be, you know, intimidating or or worrisome for them starting off something new with someone new. Yeah. Just as it is for us. We're in our heads. They're in their heads too. Sure. 
Oh yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. So it's a uh, you know I don't I don't think there's a group of people who are more afraid of the feels than swingers. Yeah, like the idea that oh my gosh, you might get really attached to a, a play partner, or my spouse might get really attached to a play partner, and we're actually going to explore some of those issues in an upcoming episode all about polyamory. Polyamory. Yeah. yeah. So so stay tuned. We'll we will deep dive into this issue. And if you are a hardcore one and done swinger, <laughs> maybe you'll learn something or maybe you want to skip this one because it's going to give you the heebie jeebies. Don't skip it. Don't skip it. It's going to be amazing. It's going to be amazing. <laughs> okay. Next question. <laughs> so this one, Ams, comes to us from Honeyspoon. Yay, Honeyspoon. And it was seconded by Beachbed couple. Yay, beachbed couple. Yay. We're going to see both of those, all four of those gorgeous people at uh, Podcast Palooza in just a couple of months. Very in exciting. Palm Springs, California. Palm Springs, California. So sign up and come with us. Mm-hmm. You don't want to miss this one. But their question is What is the biggest unexpected thing that has come out of your LS journey? What is it for you, Kat? So. I think for me, the biggest surprise is how much closer this has made my relationship with Mr. Cat. Sure. I would have never thought that swinging, that being with other people would make my relationship better. I thought it'd be fun. I mean, I was all game for it. I was ready to go. You know, we had a great relationship to begin with. So I thought we would be, we'd be fine. But I can't believe the level that we can discuss things at now you mm-hmm. know it's it's changed everything and i was trying to figure out the why like why is that and i think i think it's because we truly see each other right mm. uh, we're getting these messages all our lives you know don't be don't be a slut and they're trying to you know have sex with us and we're like trying not to be a slut so there's this this tension <sighs> yeah this tension where, you know, they're feeling like practically like predators trying to make us do something that we don't want to do, but we really do want to do it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so as much as we have been affected by that bullshit, mm-hmm. so have they. Sure. Right? Sure. So I feel like in this process of just talking about things and just wanting to be happy and wanting to be free, we are seeing each other in a whole different way. Yeah. And uh, uh, I accept him just just as he is. And yeah. I think he, he does that for me too. The more we talk about all these things, I mean, the more things that he can share with me about what he likes, about fantasies, the more I get to share. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And that's so sweet. It's an, I, I think that is probably the, the most common sort of message that we hear from from couples who are successful mm-hmm. at swinging is that it makes their marriage so much better. It makes their sex life so much better. It makes their communication skills so much better. Um, so it, it, what an amazing gift. Um, yeah. And I'm is. happy for him when mm-hmm. he's having fun. It's like being buddies. That sounds so no, simple. I get it. But it's like um, we are partners in life and we want the best for each other. Yeah. And it's so much fun mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that he gets to have fun and I get to have fun and we're happy for each other. Yeah. And then we talk yeah. about it the whole way home. So yeah. yeah. We're sharing it. Yeah. It is. It's it's like dating with your best friend. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's the next evolution, right? Mm-hmm. You start out dating, you finally meet the one, and then you're married. 
And then what? Mm-hmm. You have kids and then you're just supposed to like keep going the same way. We want to evolve and change, right? Sure. So now we date other couples. Yeah. Yeah. It is sexually evolved. I like it. I like it. What about you? I think for me, the most unexpected thing was sort of discovering my own independent sexual identity from Mr. Ams Mm -hmm. because we met so young and I really had so little experience, you know, outside of, of our relationship uh, that I never bothered to like figure out the things that I liked sexually. I, I mean, I was, I was a teenager when we met. So any sexual experience that I had, I would, I don't know, kind of ape what I read on Cosmo, like, oh, I guess I should stroke a dick this way and see what happens. Oh, he seems happy. I must really enjoy that. But there wasn't a lot of thought that went into like, what do I actually enjoy? There wasn't a lot of masturbating. There wasn't a lot of fantasizing. It was kind of just, um, you know, sex usually involves two people or more. And so I never really thought of myself as an independent agent on my sexuality. Hmm. Um, and we've actually gone through a lot of struggle as I, <laughs> um, you know, as I try to figure this out as something separate from Mr. Am. So it's not always been easy, but the result is the most mind blowing <laughs> sexual experiences. And I feel like I have so much more control of making that happen. You know, going into it, I would send, Little signals like, oh, reactive signals like, Mm -hmm. oh, that kind of turns me on. Keep doing that. But I wouldn't even say that, you know, it'd be the butt wiggle or whatever or the (laughs) moan or um, and we would just maybe stumble into me getting pleasure in an experience. And now I'm like, what I really want is to take you in my mouth while I put a vibrator on my clit and like go crazy. Like, that's what I want right now. He's happy. I'm happy communicating that and we all get what we want. So um, it's been a really cool evolution Mm -hmm. to figure out what I want sexually and then to get it. Actually ask for it. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I I thought this would be good for, I I assumed we wouldn't stick to it very long if it wasn't really good for us and our marriage, but I didn't expect that I would discover so much about myself personally. That's great. It's pretty fucking awesome. (laughs) All right. Next question comes from Not Your Average Misses. And uh, it's a long question, so I'm going to paraphrase a little bit. But she says, in the vanilla world, I'm fairly attractive, and so is the mister. Not to be vain, but just – hold on. I'm going to skip that part. Um, But – In our experiences so far in the lifestyle, I'm not attracted to the people who are attracted to me or to us, and the people I'm attracted to don't seem to be attracted to me slash us. It's like we're in this weird middle ground. We take care of ourselves, and we're working to get in better shape, and it's not about making friends and chatting. It really seems to come down to looks and body. Nobody's been rude, and we've had a lot of fun and made friends, but the connections we hoped to make really haven't materialized. So I'm feeling hesitant to even venture out again. So I guess the question is, how do you get out of that feeling where you're not making connections with other couples 
because the ones that you find attractive aren't finding you attractive and vice versa? That's a tough one. It's a super tough question. I mean, that's, that's, that's regular life. That's everything. Yeah. I mean, when you're, when you're young before you even meet, you know, that's regular dating, you know, yeah. even in the vanilla world of dating, you're going to meet people that you're attracted to that aren't attracted to you and vice versa all the time. Yeah. I think this is a common problem no matter how, what kind of dating you're doing. I do think that it's elevated because it's two people <laughs> that have to, I mean, right. it's a four-way connection that you're looking to make, which is really difficult. And a lot of times, will one of us will be attracted to the female, Mr. Cat. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm not crazy about the gentleman or, sure. you know, or just not feeling a connection there. Yeah. So I think that four-way connection is really, really difficult. I don't know that we have a great answer for this except to say, you know, we've sort of built a community, right? So maybe Mr. Ams and and maybe Ams and Mr. Ams go out and they meet a couple they don't think is quite right for them, but they're attractive and they, they're nice. So they sort of kind of bring them into the community. Same with Mr. Cat and I. We meet someone, we like them, but maybe they're not a good fit for us or maybe they are. Sure. Either way, it doesn't matter, but we kind of bring them into our community and it, over time we've built a pretty big community. And then, I mean, there's a couple of couples that we've met a couple times and we've sort of formed a connection with them. And then it makes it really fun to yeah. have, sure. have a play date with them. But before getting to know them, I don't know that I would have chosen them off of a picture on a website. Yeah. I mean, let's level set on the couple's dates. The hit rate for anybody is low because mm-hmm. of that four-way connection. It's just really hard to make sure everybody feels attracted. And you have to have an expectation that any date, it's going to be less than 50-50 probably that, you, that all of you are going to connect. So maybe some of it is resetting your expectations about how likely it is that a, a first date is going to turn into a play date. Maybe like you were suggesting, Kat, focus more on larger groups or creating a community or something where you can get to know people a little bit better and not focus so much on the physical stuff. But try to enjoy the experience just for what it is. Like a first date can be super fun. Even if there's no play, it's a chance to talk with people who are like-minded and have open conversations about sex and sexuality. Like it's really fun. fun. That's fun by itself, even if it doesn't go anywhere. Yeah. So try to enjoy that part of it and not get disappointed if it doesn't move on to play. I think that's I think that's perfect advice. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> there's nothing else you can do. Right, right. <laughs> okay. So we the next time you hear from us, we will be in season three. In season three. We cannot wait. Until then. So that's our show. Thanks for swinging by. And don't forget, you deserve great sex. Now go get some. If you love the Two Hot Wives podcast, be sure to subscribe. And if you really love the show, rate us or give us a review on iTunes or Spotify. Thanks for listening.